0: I'm gonna see if there's a clean version so that my parents and the people at my school will not get mad at me but first of all i came prepared i didn't just come with my mom's phone and just the camera i came with the rory essentials let me show you so i've gotten a cup and you know what's going to be in that cup some trader joe's organic 100 percent melon juice because Melon, cuz melon. Let's do this ASMR shot. So we've got the melon juice already. We've got the spritzer uh, filled with water just in case if stuff gets too fire. And I've gotten a mostly eaten bag of chips because I give a chip. I'm gonna set up the speaker and I'm gonna listen to this to get on the trends.
1: Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Point Forward. It's uh, the eve of March Madness, so we're getting nice and crazy, and decided I'd open up the pod, but don't you worry kids, Daddy Ultra is here. What (laughs) up, Ultra?
2: What's going on, man? Am I your pod daddy?
1: You're the pod daddy. I'm
2: honored. Who's your pod father? It is uh, tent number two at... Trying to get this pod going. I'm having a little technical difficulties tonight, but hopefully we are on the right track now.
1: If you're listening to this one, it means the recording's stuck.
2: Yeah, no kidding. But, you know what, just like, um, I'm not sure what that kid's name is, but just like he said... I think it's Rory. Are good. Speakers are good,
1: and we're ready to roll. We got the spritzer, in case things get too hot, get too fire.
2: I don't have any, uh delicious trader joe snacks to be snacking on during this though no drinks anymore.
1: yeah i snacked on dude i'm addicted to pecans
2: pecans pecans
1: really? there's Just those glazed those glazed pecans i get at costco i literally eat them by like the handfuls right now
2: well i hear that that's the right kind of fat for you is it i think so high in protein
1: that's good. Yeah, I'm all about the high protein, high fiber. You know, the Dwayne Wade diet. <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> but of course. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't talked about Dwayne Wade's butt stuff in
1: a while. He's been, so he's been doing a lot of stuff. He was at the visit the Parkland kids uh, a couple Which weeks yeah, back. That was great. Yeah, we should have talked about. We messed up. We should have talked about him hitting that game winner. Oh, uh, the Sixers. Yeah, after it was like the game, he dedicated to the kid who, who died in that that got buried in his jersey. That was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, he um, he's been fire for the for the Heat, even though they lost to the Blazers last time. But he didn't even end up playing in that.
1: Yeah, well, that's but why they probably He just lost, looks better in
2: a Heat jersey, man. I don't he really know what else he was to
1: meant say. to be in the Vice jersey. It, it just. Is. It, it's very nice. The world is right that he's there's an official Dwayne Wade Vice jersey that's can be purchased.
2: Uh, I cannot agree with that more. He definitely he never really seemed to to fit in with in that Cavs jersey. He's uh, he's rocking the Heat jersey like he never left though.
1: Yeah, Dwayne I think Ways. it was because he was wearing nine. If he could have worn three, he probably looked, he would have looked a little bit more natural in the. The heat, I think. Or I mean the Cavs jersey.
2: No, you're you're probably right. I guess I didn't even really think about the fact you had to switch numbers.
1: Yeah, you gotta factor in. Hmm. As resident Mr. Numbers over here. I, I I always take into account those jersey numbers.
2: Well, I appreciate you keeping me in check. Um, should we talk should we talk a little basketball, PJ? <laughs> it has been a relatively slow week since we've last talked in the nba i mean there's plenty of other nba stuff that we can talk about um but probably the the biggest game from the last week was the raptors beating the houston rockets and ending their 16 17 game win streak whatever it was
1: yeah they just they gave the raptors the trophy after that game right
2: yeah, uh, I, I believe so. I mean, it's it certainly their lock for the finals,
1: right? Uh, Yeah, I thought that was an automatic bid. I thought that's what how things worked in March.
2: So, look, I don't – I think that they de- deserve some credit for how great they've been eh. during the season. I mean, they've – if you would have told me that they would be sitting where they're sitting right now, number one in the East – they are 49 and 17. They have the third best record in the league. That's, that's pretty impressive. And the unfortunate thing is that the way that things currently sit, they're playing the heat in the first round. They could easily end up playing. They could easily end up playing the bucks in the first round or the Sixers, depending on how things fall. And then next you got the calves and, uh, the Cavs have not looked great lately. They've lost two in a row. Uh, they've definitely showing some signs of a team that's just kind of working things out, a lot of new pieces, a lot of young guys. But do we really think that this Toronto team could beat the Cavs? I mean, I'm, just, I'm, not th- I'm not there yet, man. We talk about this every year. like And and people, like in general, a lot of people in the media seem to be giving them... A, a much, much higher chance at making the finals. I just don't see it.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm not, but I mean... Yeah, I, I think the, the media's one argument with this has really been that the Raptors are doing it differently than they've done in years past, as far as you just try a little bit more of their outside game, being able to use the three a little bit more efficiently, and just... The expansion of Demar's game and being able to show that side of it, uh, he's kind of been the the focal point of that conversation. But to be honest, um, yeah, not I'm not gonna be jumping on the bandwagon. I will uh, be glad to admit I'm wrong if they so prove me to be. But uh, this has been a team that hasn't been able to and. Frankly, I I think you still see it in some of these regular season games. I just they get in these weird funks where they just they don't play the same kind of basketball that they play for three quarters. They they just they have an ability in certain games, and it's usually against better teams or the Chicago Bulls in years past, where they'll just they'll have these mental lapses, this like lack of focus, I guess, Uh, and you'll just see. These droughts, where they just they'll, they'll almost get in these funks where they'll, they'll have a particular way they're scoring and they just stick with that. That just and it you'll you'll see them give up big leads, kind of like in that Houston game. Uh, so, no, I'm not going to buy and do it. Uh, if you know if they did knock off the Cavs or, or something like that in the playoffs, I'll fully admit to be wrong and, and maybe we'll consider them, but really, I'm in a I'll see it when I believe it stands with them. And I'm going to remain that way.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i glad that we... Well, oh, I'm not glad, but it just so happens that I don't think that we're getting a ton of listens in Canada because they would probably hate our guts. Cause
1: oh, wait. Since
2: in the, in the a year and a half or so we've been doing this podcast now, not a lot of love for the Raptors, but hey, like... I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of the Abaka, Lowry, DeRozan, big three. I just don't think that that gets you anywhere where you need to be as far as contending for a championship. Like, their their bench is really good. They're a super deep team. Like, OG Ananobi has been a really nice surprise for them and a really nice pick. CJ Miles is a guy that I think a lot of teams could have used going into the year. I, I'm not really sh- like a really low key
1: you underrated low C.J. signing mm-hmm.
2: for them. I, I mean, he's shot 45% last year. He's, I
1: was I was about to say before you said that too, I was I think I know for a fact, one of the positive things we've said about the Raptors is you complimenting them on acquiring CJ miles.
2: I wanted him. I wanted the Timberwolves to sign him really bad. So I'm definitely biased in this. But hey, CJ Miles had a career year last year for the Pacers. He's averaging ten points and shooting thirty-eight percent, thirty almost thirty-nine percent from three this year. Like most guy most teams would want a guy like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, do you? So, I mean, I will say, and we'll, we'll we'll put one more positive. I mean, one thing that I that tricks me with the Raptors all the time is, I will say, like for organizations, they they do a pretty good job of drafting like most of their their bench at least is composed of guys they've drafted uh if you look fred vanville you said og uh are not necessarily guys that were taken in the top
2: jacob jacob poital
1: yeah but these aren't guys that were taken yeah poital might be the highest pick of those guys uh so these aren't dudes that they they went up and got in the top ten or you know they haven't been a lottery team in, in a few years. Uh, Valanciunas might be their last. I mean Valanciunas is definitely a lottery pick that they had, but uh, outside that, I mean that's the one piece for me that I'm always been impressed by with them. But I just in the end, I just see this being a, the latest version of the you know comparison to the 2014. Atlanta Hawks, uh were yeah, a great regular season team, like but there's just a different element to a playoff series and they've this group it's it's not even a different core. Like this specific core has struggled at points, so I need to see something different. I mean, I, I've said it before, but the Bucks lost that series last year to them and they were talking spicy immediately after that, acting like they were the better team and just they messed up and and lost it, and I just I think if you're an upper echelon team in the league, you're not necessarily gonna have that occur. If you're not gonna have other teams talk that way, if you're clearly the better team, you you know what I mean? I guess like people don't really say that as much about the Cavs or the Celtics, no, even.
2: Don't. No, they don't. And it's just I like, I think if DeRozan is your number. One option. I'm not saying you don't have, like, maybe he's good enough to put them in the conversation of getting to a finals.
1: He could but be. I think yeah. that
2: you need, I think you need a more reliable uh, his... option along with them, other than Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry disappears from games sometimes.
1: Yeah, but the Damar piece, like, that is definitely your argument. Like, you could, you could try to sell me on that, but once again, I, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. But I think Demar, I mean I think Demar's kind of asserted himself in that closer role for them. Uh this, he's this been, year,
2: he's been he's been really good this year. He's a unquestionably a, like a top 20 guy in the NBA. He's really good.
1: Yeah, I I mean, absolutely. I think his uh his game this year, he's I I always think him and Jimmy get lumped in together a lot. Uh, and I always would kind of and say, well, Jimmy's got more are, of an outside game to their him. Their
2: numbers but. are crazy similar. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, it's a good reason, but that was just the one element where DeMars was a lot more inside. Not that Jimmy's got a crazy good jumper, but DeMars basically was just like, well, I could get buckets close. It wasn't that I could never shoot. Uh, so
2: Yeah, Jimmy was still averaging, you know, two or so threes a game. And this is the first season that DeMars averaged. More than one made three per game in its entire career, so I, I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of that. That's gonna, I will not be buying tickets onto that bandwagon. So someone else can have my seat and then make fun of me when I'm wrong.
2: Well, that's enough talk about the Raptors today. Uh, let's move to the Western Conference where. Uh, Another team that's played the Rockets recently and lost in pretty bad fashion is the San Antonio Spurs. The Western Conference, we talk about it every week. It's it's just this crazy hodgepodge of teams that are sitting.
1: Hey, folks, guess what? Standings have changed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I think last week the Pelicans were sitting in the three seed. Well, now we got the Blazers there, followed by the Thunder, Pelicans, T-Wolves, Clips, Jazz. And outside of the playoffs right now, the Denver Nuggets, and the San Antonio Spurs. And I don't think that the Spurs are going to make the playoffs. I don't – it doesn't look good. Kawhi was rumored to possibly be coming back as early as Thursday. And now it seems like those rumors are –
1: Never mind.
2: Never mind. He will not be coming back. Who knows if that means this weekend. Who knows if that means – He's going to wait and see if this team is even going to be in a position to, to, you know, fight for a, a playoff spot. But at this point, if you're Kawhi, I can understand his argument of, like, if he's not 100%, why come back now? Because even if he was to make it back, and even if the Spurs could get a few games in the regular season to develop some chemistry and kind of get back to their normal Spurs self... Are you gonna be able to beat the the Rockets and the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals? I think the answer's probably no.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I I I wonder what they, they really do with this if, Because 'cause they're really not in a position to to tank, I guess. I mean, they can't really drop many games and do much on that end. Uh
2: well, here's a problem for the Spurs too is like they don't have any money. Like they they locked up Patty Mills and they locked up Pau Gasol. Like they chose to hand out those contracts this off season. And they're and you still got LaMarcus under contract for another year and Kawhi has another year before he's up as well. So there's not much this team can do outside of of trading some guys away, which maybe they can maybe they can trade this off season, maybe they look into just selling Lamarcus and selling Kawhi and just a full rebuild. But I don't know if you can trade Kawhi Leonard, man. I don't know. Like we talked about nah. possible trade packages a little bit a few podcasts ago, and I just they uh, this would have to be an unmendable relationship in order to make that happen.
1: Nah, he's not. I'd be. I'm. I'm. Digging my my feet into the idea, he's not going anywhere. I, okay. But yeah, I guess like if the Spurs really, I mean, maybe it makes sense. I don't. I just don't know what the. Yeah, I guess you make the argument of what the difference is. It's so close. To, I mean, they could win three games and they'd be <laughs> four slots higher than they are. It just it's it's an awkward spot. But I mean, I I guess when you're you're really looking at it, does it Do like really being the fourteenth pick or the yeah? I don't know what the difference would really actually be. I'm looking at this now, trying to figure it out. But uh, yeah, if they could get like a guy that could be rotationally good, I mean, maybe it's worth it. I don't know. I think they'll they'll probably just try. They're gonna play it out, see what happens. Is is probably gonna be the approach, but uh. I just don't know if it makes sense to put Kawhi in there at all at this point.
2: Well, the, if, in, you're, if you're the Spurs, you definitely want to, but from his perspective, I agree.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it does make a difference. Yeah, if he thinks he can come in and they win next, like, 10 of 15 games or something, I mean, the really the, the upsetting part here is they're not going to win 50 games. Right. <laughs> that... that tradition unlike any other has been yeah i'm actually really
2: upset i I've, I've accepted it and have spent a lot of time in the last few weeks accepting that that was going to be some loss some lost money but what, do you, what can you do? i was just
1: ignoring it i just was i was pretending like it wasn't a problem until it now it definitely is no chance but
2: yeah it is uh it is definitely a problem
1: it's a it's it's a stupid problem, but it's still a problem. Sad. But fuck, I mean, if you told me Kawhi wasn't gonna play all those but games, fuck. I wouldn't have made those uh, bets.
2: Uh yeah. Yep. I mean I think that the everyone's assumption going into the season was that Kawhi was gonna be out a month max and then ready to go. And he's played, I think, seven games a whole year. And my guess is that he by the end of the year it's that it's the same number.
0: Yeah. Ooh.
2: but uh, you know <laughs> uh, something on the little bit lighter side as far as NBA goes. one of your favorite favorite NBA people he return uh, been, of he, China he, Clay. he had been hiding.
1: Return of China Clay in,
2: and luckily uh, a very warrior's birthday. Uh, turning thirty He's today, He's coming Steph. back
1: to you, China Clay. Well,
2: was it is his birthday actually today or was it this weekend?
1: Steph's. Yeah. I thought it was today or yesterday. Well, either I mean, way, because uh, it was we're
2: recording this on t- a Tuesday here, but uh, no, no, it's tomorrow. Videos, it's tomorrow. Oh, okay.
1: So when this comes out, it's his is March fourteenth. Yeah. So, so it's a surprise party. Surprise. And, uh, hey, surprise. Steph turns 30 tomorrow or today. No, didn't
2: know, if you haven't seen all the videos circulating today, well, uh, China Clay is having himself a good time, getting some dancing in, Steph hanging out with E40, eating some ribs. It uh, They didn't seem too butthurt over the ankle injury or their loss in Minnesota from the weekend, which, I mean, they're the Warriors. I don't think they really care about the regular season that much at this point. But, Pretty funny, man. how did it, How did it feel being able to see your old friend again?
1: No, it was it was fantastic. Uh, China China Clay is uh, contagious with some. I don't know if it's China Clay Fever. Would you call that? It's not yellow fever, but uh, <laughs> it's certainly something. Because Steve Kerr and Mike Brown got caught a little bit of it too. They were seen dancing. Uh, the picture of uh, well, and then to add to it. Uh, they canceled practice today basically because everyone was too hungover from last night to practice. But there are some wild, like, funny pictures. I'm surprised how much of it is out there. But I mean, nothing's, like, egregiously bad. But there's just a pl- the picture of Clay just holding this giant stack of ribs and his mouth just, like, full of ribs. Uh, and he's wearing a white t shirt. And so it's a ridiculous scene overall and he was like one i saw one video of him getting fed a rib uh oh my there's uh just some like katie posted a funny photo of draymond him and uh in like a photo booth there are some some real gems that have come out of this this whole thing <laughs> and i'm uh i'm all about it but yes my uh I would I would argue the official mascot of the Point Forward podcast being China Clay, our uh, most prized possession. Him him making a surprise appearance was uh, only means bad things for the rest of the league. I would say that China Clay cannot sleep long. He he wants he needs to come out every once in a while, and he'll probably go to rest here for a, a couple more months, but. Hey, but trust me, Bennett's, he's gonna want to come out. Then
2: be, it's gonna be summertime, and he's gonna be right back at it. I'm sure. Yeah, but
1: he's only gonna be like that if they win a championship. That's why I'm saying it's scary. I mean, China Clay did not die. He he simply was he resting.
2: Well, do you think? Uh, so does that mean you're gonna be rooting for the Warriors to win it all, so that you can potentially have China Clay back for uh, a couple of weeks in the summer?
1: Well, well, you see, Ultra as a top-notch journalist, I uh, first off have no bias. I cover all these teams, uh, equal, equal sort of subjective uh, analysis. Um, but I'm also being a journalist. I'm here for the storylines. Uh, I'm a big storyline guy, and everyone knows that. Got to, got to catch a good storyline, get a whiff of it, and you just got to run with it. And what better storyline than uh, Clay? dancing and, and being just China clay. I, I, that that evolution was given to us as a gift and I, I think in these sort of times that's something we need. Now, I mean, you make the argument if there's a trade war with China, if that, that ends up happening uh, what clay do you side with? China clay or the Warriors clay? Or
2: Oakland clay?
1: Or Oakland clay. <laughs> or Oakland clay. <laughs> so that could be really uh, internal conflict. That could almost tear the Warriors apart, the being the very woke team that they are. So these are things we're going to have to continue to follow, Ultra, and just we're going to have to play the wait-and-see game, really.
2: Well, I think that I know who you would side with.
1: Oh, China Clay. Yeah. But here's my question to you. What looked like a better party, this or LeBron and the Cavs skating party?
2: the Warriors party seemed more fun.
1: Yeah, I would say... I also
2: suck at skating. Yeah, I can't skate. But I I like E40 and I like ribs. So, like, that makes it pretty easy.
1: And I like dancing. And I don't... I can't... I can't roller skate. And Steph came in on a boat. I like boats. Big boat Came in on a yacht. A yacht, I'm sorry. Not just like
2: a... Well, I mean, just so people know, it's just like now he's not rolling up with like a... 250 yeah. It was Jordan Belford's boat,
1: him. I'm pretty sure, from Wolf of Wall Street.
2: I mean, congrats K- Clay, like you're just signed a 200 million dollar contract this off-season. You deserve it, man.
1: But this is I just like that it's Steph's birthday, but he I mean, he was featured, but I feel like he wasn't even like the star of this this birthday celebration.
2: Uh I mean, I he got it. He there's there's a lot of stuff stuff circulating around though, like the him sitting on the stage and eating ribs. I think yeah. was probably the most probably the thing that was people were talking about the most. But um, well, as fun as and as much as I like talking about birthday parties and parties in general, um, you know, I think most basketball fans look forward to this week as one of the the better weeks of the year to watch basketball. You and I went to the first round games last year. We got uh, March madness starting. We actually have the 16 V 16 matchup going on right now. Pretty sexy stuff, but you also have uh, you have the first round matchups starting on Thursday. And um, I don't know, like i really like the first round is definitely more enjoyable to watch at home and i believe oh, you're yeah. going to be able to watch all, as much of that as as your heart can possibly desire as much be, as it uh, can take i will be relying on you to be providing me as many updates as as humanly possible pj but um going to this weekend what i really want to know is i know you're going to have a bunch of brackets and i know we're going to be competing head to head well not head to head but us and some friends will be competing uh in a pool as well, but I wanna know who you think's gonna win it all and if you could pick one player that you really want to keep your eye on during this tourney, who who would that be?
1: Well a I draft will prospect. Well, I think uh I think everyone so far would be and I think what my answer would have to be is that Mr. DeAndre Aiden who has been sealing the hearts of everyone who's been getting a lot of hype, I'm uh I do like Arizona's team, so I'll definitely be keeping my eye on them. I mean, I, uh... So
2: they're your, they're your pick to win it all, or no, that's the player?
1: that would be the player. I'm, no. um, uh... But they would be... I'm in between them, and I'd say Duke, and, uh... Villanova would be probably uh, the three teams I'm in between, so... Uh... You know, shoot, gun to my head. Who am I going to pick of those three? Ah, uh, f- twist my arm. I guess I'll say Duke.
2: <laughs> oh, shocker. <laughs> well.
1: I did not pick this. No, I, Wichita State I don't think's going to make it ultra. I'm sorry, but that wasn't what I said. I said Duke University. Mm, not the shockers.
2: Everyone's favorite school, Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's not that, easy being uh, a
1: Duke fan, though, guys. Let me tell you.
2: See, my strategy when it comes to picking brackets is always trying to – I try to just grab onto the coattails of whatever team that's playing really well going to the conference tournament. Like the year that UConn was kind of rough during the regular season, but Kemba just went on fire in the SEC tournament. So you're picking Alabama. Big East. Uh, They ended up winning it all. But, uh, no, I'm going to pick Kansas. I think Mm. they're going to win it all the other thing that I realized over my last couple of years is that whenever I pick a team to go deep in the tournament that I, ne- I maybe would not otherwise, if they ended up screwing me over the next year, they typically win. And last year I had Kansas winning it all. And I stayed and I, I'm not, I'm learning from my lessons here. I'm going with Kansas. They're going to, they're going to rebound. They played really well in the big 12 tourney. Um, they're going to win it all as far as a player goes which quick aside here am i the only one that's like a little weirded out about about the fact that like out of the top five picks that are projected to go in the nba drafts most of them are centers or very well could be playing center in the nba isn't this the position that everyone's like hey i mean this is the there's so many there's a an in like a much higher supply of decent centers in the nba than there is a demand for it so unless you can space the floor do some special stuff like why do i want you like i understand the deandre Aiden because he's yeah. he can give you like he has the potential to do some pretty crazy stuff on the defensive end of the four of the four if he can like put it all together and he's already got a really nice touch like it's not outside of the realm possibility that he would be shooting threes at an NBA level sooner rather than later. Yeah. But, like, if you look at a guy like M- bomba from uh, Texas, he is just, like, a traditional center. Like Yeah. He, like he's fifth? Like, what are you going to do with him? What like I, And, like, I'm not, not to hate on your guy Marvin Bagley, but I think he might be, like, if he's your center, maybe that works. Like, maybe he's, like, a no, much better be version of... And more skilled version of like a Larry Nance, that's like six foot eleven. He's probably not going to be hitting threes, but like, can he give you? I more don't know if Marvin Bagley is going to be Richard,
1: is going to be a modern. Center. I still think he's your more Power of your forward. four. I don't. He'd have to put on some weight, and he have to. He's not really shown me any sort of rim protecting. Like DeAndre you what I mean Aiden. though,
2: like why? are the center is a the much rim protector. because I mean,
1: you need a rim protector. But, you need to be able to have a guy. Like essentially, what you're trying to do is format a, a four out one in. If you can have that perimeter guy, I mean, I think the the DeAndre Jordan, Andre Drummond type could work. Uh,
2: but you need a guy that can switch too. I don't know if these guys are really. That mold, you know, like
1: yeah, I I don't, but I don't really know what I mean. Marvin Bagley, I think, can guard the perimeter. Uh, I, I don't so really too, know about that's.
2: That's kind of what I was getting at with him. Is like maybe he's kind of a tough fit for center traditionally, but I think where the league is going, Marvin Bagley is a good center for you to have. That's why, like, I've seen some, I've seen some mock drafts that have him. Falling like the way things sit now, Chicago would be picking sixth, seventh, somewhere in the first round. And if we hope if they ended up sitting there, I don't know if I'm a team I'm drafting, I am drafting Marvin Bagley way before I'm drafting Michael Porter, way Mm. before I'm drafting Bamba, before Trey Young. Like Bagley's man, I'm yeah, I'm taking back, but on him a little bit.
1: On Bagley?
2: Yeah. Keep I sleeping see, then,
1: you, everyone. I, Whoever's yeah, asleep, don't wake them up because I'm fine with him slipping at this point. I know you are. Uh, no, I think you make the – I mean, Jaron Jackson's been getting a lot of hype. I think Porter is – I'm good with Porter, too. Uh, no, I don't I don't really – I think most of those, the bigger – I mean, yeah, Jaron Jackson's like somewhat – Mobile and whatnot uh, from the you know what I've seen of him. I mean, Mamba and I, Wendell I, Carter I, fall more into that like traditional big type of like style. But even Wendell Carter can shoot a little uh, perimeter wise. Like Bamba's really the the truest like center that really, if you're looking at lottery pick wise, like that's that's there. I'm not. Yeah,
2: I I, I just give me a three and D guy or give me uh like Luca Donk Donchich Donchish. I can't say his name. Uh, he's been getting a ton of hype as potential number one pick too. And like, he seems like he could be more of a facilitator, but also a guy that can guard wings. So like, I can see the value there. And then you have Deandre Aiden who can spread, like spread the floor a little bit while also playing center. Michael Porter's a complete unknown. And then you, you start getting to a lot of centers and it just, I don't know. I I thought it was interesting that despite us constantly talking about and people in the NBA media talking about, you know, the the age of the seven-footer traditional centers over, it seems like that's what this draft is. And it's kind of weird to me.
1: Well, but but you're looking at a modern big man is what people are trying to get someone that can be like the – basically, I mean, what you want is a boogie or you want an AD type of guy. That's that's kind of the modern center archetype. So maybe it's
2: maybe it's just a a little bit. Yeah, maybe it's just like you're willing to take a little bit more risk by trying to get these guys because if one of them hits, then it's a big deal and gives you a competitive advantage over some other people. But if I was to pick one player, I want to keep an eye on a guy that impressed me a lot in the SEC tournament was Kevin Knox for Kentucky.
1: You didn't say my boy Colin Sexton.
2: Uh, well, I mean, he was great too. I think Colin Sexton's gonna be, like, if he can consistently hit threes in the NBA, he's gonna be great. I but, like Colin Sexton a lot. Oh, he's very fun to watch. He was great for Alabama, but uh, Kevin Knox, I think he has got a nice touch. He could definitely play the four in the NBA. I think he fits really well, like kind of what people thought uh, Trey Lyles was gonna be coming out of Kentucky. Kevin Knox. Kind of fits a very similar mold. He's so a little I bit more. Mold. I'd like to see. He's got a they,
1: little bit more lateral game to him than Trey.
2: Yeah, which I think is only a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean. But, um, Kentucky in general is going to be a little interesting because they've been a pretty inconsistent team and have, you know, haven't been great, but they ended up winning a tough SEC tournament. So they should be interesting to watch.
1: That side of the bracket with Virginia, Arizona, um, kentucky you've got o'crayton's in there too i mean there's that's a tough little section there um but you know whatever we could speculate of this it's all gonna be different um i guess what are your favorite parts of the march madness experience though because mine have definitely changed i i used to be heavy in the bracket piece but I literally... Folks, I don't give a shit about the bracket anymore. Like, the individual games and moments, I like I do find myself still getting heavy into those, but...
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only bracket part that I hope we continue doing is I really enjoy betting between PJ and I and a couple friends of ours who put a, a keg on... Like, the losers pay that for a keg and the winner gets a drink for free. And that's fun. Like, I really enjoy that. That's, like, a fun little yeah. thing. But in general like i mean i like seeing some pretty like i do not watch most of the games like you keep an eye on stuff for the first three for the first mm. you know 30 so the first weekend so. is dope the first weekend's great and then if you see a team that's that's like a big upset you see a 15 over a 2 or you see a 12 over a 5 you're like you're locking into that game and you you're just going to like yeah. It's just you it's a much higher intensity every single second than what you see for normal basketball. And that's what I really enjoy about it. You just like if I honestly think that if you if you were had never watched basketball in your life and you brought someone in and you played them like a normal regular season non-conference matchup and then you played a game where two teams are playing in, like, the Sweet 16 against one another, they would think it's, like, almost a different sport. It is – it's such a – it's such a more fun and, uh, well, I don't know, like, better well, brand of basketball.
1: No, it's not. It. Uh, so that's my one thing with this. like, it's all, I think, kind of the same bad basketball, but it's just, like, the heightenedness of it that, like, some of the bad plays yeah, that happen in March I I, add I to the drama piece of it so I you didn't,
2: i didn't phrase it very well you're 100 right it just it's so much more dramatic yeah it's it's just it's more fun like you just you have a different emotional tie to it than what you
1: would you ignore the fact game. that it was a bad basketball play and you just kind of you get sucked into the stakes of the game and just like oh you know the how how much it would sway the the potential outcome by one of those that like you almost just don't realize, like, oh, I'm just watching bad basketball be- plays being made, <laughs> which is just—I always think is funny, and it's something I've come around to more and more. Where it's like, yeah, it's not necessarily better or different brand. It's just like we we almost we embrace the bad plays rather than criticize it. It's it just adds to this whole uh, storyline or or atmosphere that that the that March Madness creates.
2: Right, but I mean. The first couple rounds are definitely my favorite. I think that goes for oh, most people. I
1: enjoy the final and, four a lot,
2: and the final—it's like you know the the first round and to get to the Sweet Sixteen, and then Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight stuff. I don't really care that much about, mm. but once you get to a Final Four championship game, that's well,
1: so it depends. Stuff. It goes year to year because when you get to Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight, like the you actually have to have good games. That's where I'm, i I think you really look, like the the first two rounds. It you you were gonna watch some bad basketball and there's some bad games that get played, and it just you kind of get swept under it because there's other games and you're just distracted and you're watching three games at once. But for it to be a good year of the tournament, yeah, you need that sweet. At least in my opinion, you need the Elite Eight and the uh, Final Four games really deliver for it to for you to kind of look back and say oh that was a good good tournament like I enjoyed watching it this year because uh, if you those those games kind of drop since they are singular you have you know game after game after game but you are kind of watching those more individually so uh, you do need them to be a little more entertaining
2: yeah man I, I don't know it's um I am looking forward to watching some basketball, uh, some college basketball. I have not watched a single full game this entire year. I've, I've watched a ton of highlights of stuff. I've watched individual players quite a bit. Um, so it, it should be fun. I enjoy watching like the games end to end a lot more during these couple weeks than than most of the time, which yeah.
1: should be. I'm should uh... be kind of just like
2: a little just just FYI for everyone out there, and we might have hit on this last year is that. If you're going to buy tickets, wait and go to an Elite Eight or Final Four game. You don't need to go to the first round. You might get lucky and see like a really wild 3-14 matchup, or you might get to see a number one seed play. But those games aren't going to be that competitive, and it's just a lot more fun to be in like a more dramatic atmosphere, which is kind of tough to draw up, and you're, it's kind
1: of subjective. Yeah, you kind of have to go if you have like a school or something. I mean, in it, in some ways, I could see the... Con-
2: Must be nice.
1: Right? Well, we were so not as close as I wanted Drake to be, but they won their CIT game yesterday, so that's something. Go Bulldogs.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing, but um, uh, should we move on to shout-outs, man? You want to go first?
1: Oh, um, I guess... Shout out. Uh, first one I'll say, shout out Damian Lillard for continuing his tear. Um, Blazers is ultra mentioned on a 10 game winning streak. Uh, so, yeah, he's continuing to be pretty good. Um, the other shout out I had, I guess, was Allen Robinson's jersey collection, specifically his Chicago jersey collection. He just signed with the Bears, but. He was uh, repping a Cubs jersey the other day. He uh, took a posted a picture of him in a Bulls jersey today. Yeah, his Twitter profile picture is him in a Cubs uniform, like on his front step or something. So, uh, so he's already embracing it. Well, he changed his profile picture yesterday, and then yeah, he signed. And he posted the picture today of him posted the profile picture and his Twitter of him in the Cubs jersey yesterday and then today he tweeted out a picture of him in the Bulls jersey saying what good Chicago
2: I really like that signing
1: yeah I my one fire take was uh, <clears throat> maybe uh, kind of think I would have preferred to just have kept Alshon Jeffrey than uh, Allen Robinson but you know, we don't live in those worlds, so I, I don't mind Allen Robinson. Hopefully he uh, delivers because old Ryan Pace is certainly not. Uh, he's only really had one good signing. That was Akeem Hicks. And outside that, his free agency record has not been very great for the old Bears. Well. Also, Dolphins shout so out to Cleveland Browns uh, for making... 12,000 trades on Friday. Kind of like what I do in my Madden franchise. So...
2: So this this goes into mine. I talked to you a little bit about this before we started recording. Good for you, NFL.
1: Hmm.
2: I'm, like, shout out NFL for having a really fun free agency day. I, I cannot remember the last time. Well, I guess the last time I've been really excited over, like, some cool transactions going on in the NFL was when those late Uh, trade deadline trades went down like um when bradford got traded to the eagles and that whole thing like i've i have not been excited for nfl stuff since then and Mm. today was was fun like a lot of crazy stuff like with jordy getting cut with kirk heading to the great white north and i'm sure going to be disappointing vikings fans for the next three years and getting paid a very handsome salary to do so it's uh I don't know. It's um it was a fun day and I didn't think that like I I did not think anything was really going to come out till tomorrow. So, um, nice little surprise.
1: I guess I I my issue still with the NFL is just their contracts and just NFL transactions are still kind of dumb and weird to me cuz it's just it's really tough to evaluate the value of really any of these guys and just their contracts even you it's pretty difficult to really take some of this and be able to say, like, what's one guy's value versus another. And it could just be the design of the sport, but I just I kind of look at the NBA and I think it's something where it's a little bit more digestible. Maybe it's my simple tiny brain can, can grasp it a little bit better than the NFL stuff. But, like, you look at some of the Browns trades and stuff, it's like, all right, well, how can you really say who got the right value or anything like that um, off that. I think it is it is a little tougher.
2: Yeah, I mean, I do agree with that, and the salary structure. Yeah,
1: that stuff sucks. It
2: does We're, not make a ton of sense. but uh,
1: You just have to look at the guaranteed money, essentially, and it's like that's how well, you do just it, like, but it's that's weird. That's
2: why they're, they're, the Kirk Cousins... Signing today, I really think is going to kind of change some things. Not across the board, but at least for quarterbacks, and it should kind of like it seems like across uh, it across the board. It seems like guys are getting paid more, which is great, right? But guys are getting more guaranteed money at the quarterback position, and you gotta start small, and hopefully that turns into just across, like every position is guaranteed because that's the way it should be. You're a professional athlete, you're competing at the highest level in whatever sport that may be. You have a really, really high chance of getting hurt, and you should not have to worry about a majority of the money that's on the table for you getting taken away. It's just bullshit.
1: Yeah, I always kind someone of like should honestly
2: do. Someone should honestly do a documentary on how the owners were able to convince the NFLPA to have things structured the way it is, given that baseball, basketball, and hockey all have guaranteed money. I just, I... Because of there the injury risk, and
1: there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot more injury risk with it, and it's kind of like pay-as-you-play type stuff. But, no, I mean, I kind of agree. I almost also wish there was a separate structure, like the salary cap you had Your team salary, and it was for everything, but you had a separate just cap for quarterbacks at this point, or like just a separate thing that you would pay quarterbacks so that you could pay other players more. It's like, all right, I'm going to evaluate the quarterback market in one string, and I'm going to evaluate everyone else like in this different context because they really are two separate markets. Right. Uh, Do you have any more? Shoutouts. Uh, you do a couple. I don't know if I do or I don't.
2: <laughs> well, I'm gonna be honest, man. I don't think I really do. Um, oh
1: wow! Really glad know, to see Barry. you came prepared today.
2: I did come prepared with my my NFL shoutout. That's just uh, you know, oh, i was your of one or two. Sh- that's my one or two shoutouts, kind of guy.
1: Oh wow! Well, wow. hmm.
2: I can tell I'm disappointing you.
1: I uh. I thought you may at least have one more. Uh. No, I don't know if I do have anything else.
2: Oh, shout out, uh, Beyonce and Jay Z for going on tour again.
1: Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. I might try to get tickets tomorrow. Since I accidentally, uh, have a title subscription right now. Do you really? Yeah, I made a junk email to try to, just because I wanted to listen to some Jay Z like a month ago i forgot to cancel it so i got charged a couple days ago for it so <laughs> might just try to take advantage of that pre-sale tomorrow morning
2: uh yeah i would having gone to the previous one they did and you and know, i've talked about that a little bit it's um it's pretty fun man if you want to try to make up the minneapolis one you're you're more than welcome to join oh. you know uh you know, this is a, a very strong. I was
1: gonna say, what if household. I if I get two extra tickets off this? Can I convince you to come down?
2: Do you know when uh, when is the Chicago show?
1: August tenth.
2: So two days after the Min- Min- uh, Minneapolis one.
1: Yeah, just do two. Just what day is that? It's a Friday. Look at that. That's even better.
2: Honestly, I think Lindsay would want to go to both.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. We'll so see. We'll
2: we'll take that off air. I,
1: I also I also realized that I said like, I said this the other day, just after they announced. I was like, it's one of those things like I would love to go see that, but the aftermarket of it is so freaking ridiculous that it's just one of those things like it's be so tempting not to sell those tickets.
2: It just depends which ones you get. So a little. Uh
1: I'm gonna try to get floor tomorrow.
2: I'm not gonna name any names, but I know someone <laughs> that got four sets of tickets for uh, Beyonce's latest tour, and uh, so not the Jay Z Beyonce one. And um, and they were they're not as easy to resell as you'd think they would be. What? They're not as easy to resell as you'd think they would be. Really. To, like, make a big profit.
1: I'm not making a big profit. Make a little.
2: Well, even if it's, like, if you get, you know, the normal floor seats would be 300 bucks a pop. So you'd want to flip those at least for $400 a pop. And, yeah, just not super easy.
1: I don't know if I believe you on that. <laughs> hmm, fair enough. <laughs> I, like, the prices on it are ridiculous. People will pay that the beehive won't shell out 400 bucks a ticket
2: i don't know i mean it might depend on location too i have no idea
1: yeah i feel like
2: i have a very i'm i am far from a professional scalper
1: i am too but i just feel like if i got soldier field tickets for that there there wouldn't be people that would just buy yeah i don't know i feel like yeah worst case i'm i don't know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll see if I actually acquire any, So,
2: yeah, I think that that's gonna be
1: step one. Be
2: (laughs) step one, yeah, because I mean, there's so many different pre-sales for stuff like that. It's it's well, the first. The
1: title one's one of the first ones. So,
2: I'm very interested to see how um, that whole thing goes with like it's a very contract like with Jay Z's most recent album. How that's gonna play, and how much of it he's gonna be able to play with all of his other stuff and everything that him and Beyoncé. Well, they at really least they
1: got one song together. They, I think they could do because she could play some of her. See, I can almost see it play pretty well because this is essentially a response to uh, uh, "Lemonade." Like I, I could see you do right, some. It's
2: just, a, it's just pretty slow paced That's all.
1: 4 for 4 yeah yeah but nah I don't know I mean some of it is but I think like you do Story of OJ Bam uh Marcy Me. you could use enough of it I mean
2: Family Ties yeah Family Ties those, for sure I think those I think those are probably like the four big songs that you'd be able to play And I'm not sure what else is like you're gonna go from drunken love to I don't know, it's just I it, I don't know. Not as commer- not as concert playable as a lot of his previous stuff. I'll leave it at that.
1: Real, I mean, yeah, I mean Family Feud will definitely obviously be played. I mean their new song, whatever, that'll be some of that. I don't mean I think so you anybody? could. I think you could make some of those a little bit more up tempo. too.
2: I think so too. He'll probably play a more, like a lot of partial stuff from Skurnow. Yeah, album. you're probably right. Um, anything else though, man?
1: Uh no, I don't think so. Mike Lennon, I think, just signed with the Cardinals, which is funny.
2: Oh, big day! Oh, shout out to St. Bradford for continue to get. Paid just so much money, and I don't understand. Kirk that.
1: Cousins, too, though. Kirk Cousins is going to have himself.
2: Oh, that guy's making a lot more, but.
1: No, but I mean, he's got franchise, Sam Bradford. Tag, got franchise tagged the last couple of years, and now this. I mean, he's uh, not hurting for cash at all. No, he's not. I thought there no, was one more not. thing I wanted to bring up, and now I'm just so perplexed that. You know I mean all sorts of places that I'm just not sure. Uh, so it probably means we should just call it. But why don't you do this stuff and I'll just make sure I don't have something.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Check us out at the point forward at NBA or point forward NBA gmail.com or uh, check us on Twitter at the point forward NBA. Leave us say review on iTunes or Stitcher, that whole spiel. Um,
1: and, whole and
2: uh, hey, almost playoff oh,
1: season. Tom Brady chugging the beer. That was it.
2: Oh, very very impressive stuff.
1: But was it actually beer? That's the new conspiracy.
2: Like you would think it's dyed water or his own urine or something. <laughs> yeah,
1: something. His I mean it's definitely This is is sun saliva.
2: It's it's possible. I mean I'm guessing it's beer, though. I truly do believe it's beer.
1: I mean, that was like a long-standing story with him that people would tell. But, uh, yeah. Oh, the other thing, too, was there was a news article of Dwayne Wade and Gabby Union donating $200,000 to student-ran uh, gun control rallies. Uh, but a reporter got I think reprimanded or somehow got in trouble because the post that they said was Dwayne Wade uh, comma wife donates 200,000 they didn't name Gabby Union oh boy <laughs> she like quote tweeted and stuff it's kind of funny oh that's very but funny I think the reporter kind of got in trouble for it or something
2: I as you should i mean she's uh she's pretty well known
1: yeah you could say yeah. that
2: <laughs> yeah um well i'm glad that you remember to tell that yeah
1: one. of course happy that's to help
2: bed. hey we opened it with wave, now we're closing.
1: that's a full circle
2: um but yeah thank you everyone for listening we'll talk to you next